Hello everybody, my name is Ben Schluter and welcome to episode 32 of Gold to Go. Last night we had a live episode uh, and it ran for like an hour and it was long and holy crap. This episode is a little later than the normal ones might be. You might have noticed that based on the time this is being uploaded. I don't know when that's happening because I'm recording this right now and right now is 11.45. That's... You might also notice that the audio is a little different. That's because I'm not in my normal recording space. If you couldn't tell that the those two things that I just mentioned are related. That's not exactly a great thing. But yeah, um, so you can check in the description to see the uh, recording of last night's stream. So that's up on my YouTube channel. But yeah, we got a bunch of stuff to go over. Because a lot of things have happened in the past week. And let's start with some NFL and some Saints news. And when it comes to Saints news, oh boy was there one of them. And it was Ryan Ramchek's extension. And oh baby, did he get one. Yeah, he did. It's a five-year extension. It's worth 96 million dollars um it's gonna be awkward if you hear a lot of moving around because i'm trying to figure out a way to record this because you know different places um yeah it's a 60 million dollar guaranteed contract this is now making him the highest paid right tackle in football um he is getting 19.2 million per year it's the fifth highest um amount it's fifth highest per year salary for offensive tackles uh the other four are of course, left tackles, because they protect the blind side, and those guys are Ronnie Stanley, Laramie Tunsil, David Bakhtiari, and Trent Williams. All have higher salaries than he does, but they are all left tackles, and Ramchek's a right tackle. He's been an anchor on that offensive line. He's been doing great. Um, it should be noted, by the way, that the Saints, of course, had money to do this. They have about $11.3, $11.6 dollars in cap space, which puts them about 15th or 16th in the league based on some people's calculations. Yeah, that's right, because we did smart things and the cap is maneuverable. That was a weird sound. Sorry about that. <laughs> this is what happens when you think you have a tongue ulcer. Oh, well. Um, you know, speaking of ulcers, Dan Snyder. I know, I know, it's a weird, really weird transition, but it will work. So if y'all don't know who Dan Snyder is, then you're not an NFL fan, um, or at least you're not a very avid NFL fan, because he's the owner of the Washington football team, and, uh, you know, he's been in the news a lot. And yesterday he was in the news because, well, his team just got fined $10 million, which is a lot of money. But that's all that happened. You see, what's been going on is that for the past 18 months, the NFL has been doing an investigation into the organization itself, uh, the team, uh, you know, the front office, the everything, because basically a lot of stuff's been happening. I don't know how much they've looked into or what they've looked into besides there are two major stories that came out. Uh, the first story, which I remember very vividly, at least where I was when I started reading it, uh, it was about the cheerleaders who were forced to pose nude, or I believe it was topless at least, uh, on a beach in, if I recall correctly, it was Costa Rica, um, you know, for like, I don't even remember who the hell it was, like sponsors or something, it was really weird, and like, there was a lot of claims of sexual harassment uh, within the cheerleaders, and I remember where I was, because this was approximately the summer of 20, this was the summer of either 2018 or 2017, it was the summer of 2017, in the year 2017, and I know this, um, because I was in Dallas at the time, and I felt really uncomfortable when they had us tour the cheerleaders room of the Cowboys, because I'm like, okay, I just read what happened to the cheerleaders in Washington. You're another team in that division, and it's really weird considering, like, the dichotomy here. It's really, it freaked me out a little bit, and it made me a little uncomfortable, because it was like, okay, after what I read, like, I don't know what y'all are doing. Because, again, it was, like, the first time I'd ever read something about that. And I was, like, younger and stupider. But, yeah. So, $10 million. This chump change. It's a charity don't. It's a charitable donation of $10 million. By the way, that wasn't the only sexual harassment thing they had. There was a huge, rampant claim of sexual harassment going on. Where did I put my phone? It's in my hand. I'm an idiot. I mentioned my phone because that's where I have a statement. Uh, because I downloaded it there. Because I knew it would be a little bit more convenient. Why would it be more convenient? Reasons. Anyway, and that statement is from uh, the person who's representing like 40 women. I believe it's like 40 women who are suing the Washington football team because of claims of sexual harassment from everyone. So here is their response to a $10 million drop in the bucket. No loss of draft picks. No anything. 
Quote, in response to a year-long investigation in which more than 100 witnesses were interviewed and in which and which we believe substantiated our clients' allegations of pervasive harassment, misogyny, and abuse at the Washington football team, the NFL has chosen to protect owner Dan Snyder. Ignoring our request that it make the report prepared by Beth Wilkinson public, the NFL has chosen instead to receive only an oral report of the findings and define owner Dan Snyder what amounts to pocket change. This is truly outrageous and is a slap in the face to hundreds of women and former employees who came forward in good faith and at great personal risk to report a culture of abuse at all all levels of the team, including by Snyder himself. The NFL has effectively told survivors in this country and around the world that it does not care about them or credit their experiences. Female fans and fans of goodwill everywhere, take note. Now I'm just going to comment on the end there. Um, I've, I've been reading a lot about sports and this is common. Like they don't care and this is just normal and it's not saying like, oh, you should expect this. But at this point, know that that's more likely to happen than not and then come in with that in mind as to be angry that that's the thing you have to expect. Now, of course, um, Dan Snyder, he had a response because of course he did, because that's what you do after these things. Uh, you're No, that's actually really common, by the way. I'm not being sarcastic. However, uh, he had a great response and I am being sarcastic about that. So let's read it and... Uh, I'm going to do what I did last night, which is, of course, shit on it entirely, because before we get into this, by the way, I hate Dan Snyder. I hate him. With every fiber of my being, he's the worst owner in the NFL currently. Um, let me think. There's a reason for that, and it's because he is a bad person and a bad owner. He is an idiot who does not know how to throw money around. He is a cheap ass who once literally told the Ravens you have to pay for parking at the home stadium. What This was in 2000. You can look it up. Um, this is a guy who also decided to sign stupid contracts. Like, I know, I'll sign Deion Sanders. That contract didn't work out. I know, I'll sign, who else? Um, Alfred Hainsworth to a huge deal. I'll bring in um, Steve Spurrier for a year. That'll work. Hi, I'm going to bring in Marty Schottenheimer for a year and then fire him after that one year. Apologies for that. That is a phone in here that is very loud. So if you'll excuse me for two seconds. I had to pause the recording there. The phone has now stopped. Anyway, yeah. So Dan Snyder's a cheap ass. He's a terrible person. Uh, you know, this is the dude who refused to change the name of the team until a bunch of multi-billion dollar companies decide to finally pull out. Uh, yeah. Overall terrible person, Dan Snyder. And sleazeball. Let's read his statement. I have learned a lot in the past few months about how my club operated and the kind of workplace that we had. Mate, you were a part of that. You should have known. You're the owner. There is no excuse for this. It is now clear that the culture was not what it should be. Oh, really? But I did not realize the extent of the problems or my role in allowing that culture to develop and continue. Are you stupid? Or are you just plain dumb? I know that as the owner, I am ultimately responsible for the workplace. I have said that and I say it again. Then why didn't you do anything about it? I feel great remorse for the people who had difficult, even traumatic experiences while working here. Why didn't you do anything about it? I'm truly sorry for that. Why didn't you do anything about it? I can't turn back the clock, but I promise that nobody who works here will have, will ever have that kind of experience again. At least not as long as Tanya and I are owners of this team. Why are y'all still owners of this team? No one wants you to be owners of this team. Please sell the team. Over the last 18 months, we have made a lot of changes. We have a new and diverse leadership team, a comprehensive program of training, culture surveys, and employee support, and a commitment to ensuring that every employee of the Washington Football Club... I'm quoting right there. He put Washington Football Club and not team. He didn't even get the name of his team right. That is bad comes to a professional and respectful workplace every day. Why didn't you do that years ago? Wouldn't that have been easier? And while there have been, there's been real progress, we are not finished. We'll continue to improve in every way that we can. I appreciate the people who came forward and intend fully to implement all of the recommendations coming out of the investigation. Going forward, my focus will be on making the Washington football team a source of pride to all its employees, fans, and partners, including my partners in the NFL. Yeah, guy who hasn't done this his entire time owning the team will now suddenly do this. Right. I believe that. 
I agree with the commissioner's decisions in this matter, and am committed to implementing his investigation's important recommendations. Tanya will assume the responsibilities of CEO and will oversee all day-to-day -day team operations and represent the club on all league activities. Note, this was voluntary. This was not a punishment. Uh, some people have said that this was a punishment imposed by the league. No, the only punishment they had was 10 million bucks. Uh, I will concentrate my time during the next several months on developing a new stadium plan and other matters. I really... So you're going to put your focus on the thing that doesn't matter? Great job! Tanya and I are grateful and truly blessed to lead such a wonderful organization that has always stood for excellence in winning. I'm going to reread that real quick. Tanya and I are grateful and truly blessed to lead such a wonderful organization that has always stood for excellence and winning. When was the last time this team even reached the NFC Championship game? The 90s? The early 90s? It's been a long time. This is not a good football team. This is not a team that's recently stood for excellence and winning. It's been, you know what it stood for? Incompetence and bad contracts. And a cheap-ass, horrible-ass, terrible-ass owner. Did I mention fuck you, Dan Snyder? And I think this guy's worse than Dean Spanos, because you know why? Dean Spanos isn't a sleazeball. He isn't a sleazeball who sexually assaults his workers, at least not to my knowledge. Or at least sexually harasses them. It wasn't sexual assault, it was sexual harassment. Those are very different things. Anyway, we look forward to focusing on the team's community building and charitable efforts, and we are confident that with Coach Ron Rivera and Team President Jason Wright, we have an outstanding management team who will implement real change and bring a Super Bowl championship back to our nation's capital. Right. Just. Right. I don't, I don't believe you for one second that you're going to do that. But anyway, there's one other thing, and that happened yesterday. You, you know what else happened yesterday? Fines. Oh, there were fines. The NFL decided to fine three teams for violations of OTA practices. Okay, that sounds weird. Practices during the practices that are OTAs. This is really complicated for no reason. Yes, they are the Cowboys, the 49ers, and what do you know, it's the Jaguars. Man, the Jaguars getting fined for screwing up an NFL rule? Who could have ever seen that coming? Everyone. By the way, the Jaguars are fined more. So the 49ers and Cowboys organizations, they were fined hundred grand, and their head coaches, uh, so Kyle Shanahan and Mike McCarthy, they were each fined uh, uh, 50 grand, excuse me. The Jaguars were fined 200 grand. Urban Meyer was fined 100 grand. Urban Meyer has not held a training camp, and he's already been fined 100 grand by the league. So what happened? I don't know, but let's just say one, uh, but apparently one unnamed uh, media member for the Jaguars said that he saw Oklahoma drills during the first OTA and he knew or they knew I should say because I think it was a guy I don't know if the source said it was a guy but still uh let's just say they uh they were pretty certain the NFL was like yeah we're gonna find you for that because you can't do Oklahoma drills during OTAs it's supposed to be a limited contact practice yeah they're not supposed to have a lot of contact during the practices it's supposed to be more light and just getting the work done. But, yeah. Oh, speaking of the Cowboys. It was announced today. The Cowboys will be featured on Hard Knocks this year. A lot of people thought it was the Bronco. It was going to be the Broncos. It's the Cowboys. This is going to be a good one. Except I don't have HBO. Oh, no. This is terrible. Let's move on now to the College World Series, which has ended. Yes. So... First things first, you had Texas beating Mississippi State 8-5. That forced a third game. Mississippi State beat Texas in that final game 4-3. They moved on. They are facing. They faced Vanderbilt in the final. We'll get to that. Uh, Vanderbilt won the first game 8-2. They scored seven runs in the first inning, by the way. Absolutely knocked them dead. So Mississippi State came back and decided to kill them. 13-2 in the second game. 9-zip in the, in the third game. Uh... They chased Kumar Rocker after four and two-thirds innings. In that final game, their starter was hit, uh, gave up zero hits in his six and, I think, one-third inning, innings of work. Yeah, Mississippi State dominated them. Absolutely played out of their minds. 
9-0, by the way, is the largest shutout victory in the history of the College World Series Finals. Um, so that's a thing. For the first time in the history of the university, Mississippi State has won a national championship from the NCAA, or NAIA, or AIAW. There are now 99 teams without an NCAA, NAIA, or AIAW championship. I'm not going to list them all. I will name the fact that there are now only three Power 5 schools lacking a national championship from those organizations. They are Kansas State, Virginia Tech, and Pittsburgh. Now, everyone was saying, oh, it's only Virginia Tech and Pittsburgh, I mean, and Kansas State now. So Pitt's only national championships have come in football, but those weren't given by the NCAA. They're recognized by the NCAA. Those were given by, like, the AP poll. I don't count those. They are not a wooden trophy. You didn't get a wooden trophy from the NCAA. You did not win a national championship. Or whatever they gave out for a national championship. But I now it's a wooden trophy. Alrighty? That's what counts. If you got a wooden trophy, you got a natty. By the way, speaking of NCAA and Division I, uh, yesterday, and I forgot to mention this, but we welcomed a new team to Division I. They're under a four-year transitional period. St. Thomas University in Minnesota. They are transitioning from Division Three after being kicked out of their conference for being too good. At least that's the main narrative. It's actually part of the reason why they got kicked out. Uh, it's because they were actually that good. So they were allowed to transition to Division One. This hasn't happened, I think, since the 90s. It's been a long time since a team's transitioned from D3 to D1. Uh, and I'm talking about a program, not just a team. Because it's happened with football teams, but that's a separate thing. Speaking of football teams, St. Thomas will be competing uh, as an independent, but for all other major sports, except for ice hockey, they'll be in the Summit League. So yeah, for the first time ever, the state of Minnesota has two Division I teams. Now, they're on four-year uh, provisional status. They have to go through the transition period, so it'll be until, I believe, the 2025 year is when they can start actually competing in NCAA championships. So yeah, that's a thing. It's a big thing. Now, speaking of big things, um, if y'all didn't know, and I would hope you saw it, um, I did a thing on Saturday about NC State and COVID. But if you didn't see it, or if you'd like me to recap it, I'll do that for you, because I'm nice that way. Now, I don't even know if... I'm, I'm just going to ask this. I haven't listened to the other podcast in a while. Uh, it's the one I did on Friday. So I'm not 100% sure if this is going down during it, or if this is going down literally right after I finished talking. But I'm pretty sure it happened right after I finished talking. Um, so at 1 a.m. on Saturday morning, that was June 26th, by the way, the NCAA, they informed NC State that their second game against Vanderbilt, it wasn't going to be played. Or technically it was their third game against Vanderbilt because they'd already played Vanderbilt once and then they played them again and it was technically their third game. So please don't get confused by this. We're calling it the second game. Okay, for the purposes of this, game one and game two are the first meeting to go to the finals and the second meeting to go to the finals, okay? But they informed them that that second meeting wasn't going to happen. It was going to be ruled a no contest. And uh, that means that the Wolfpack are officially out of the tournament. Yep, this was following their 3-1 to loss on technically the day prior, uh, in which they only had 13 available players. They had nine position players and four pitchers. One of those nine players was actually a pitcher. They converted him to first base. So that's a thing. So people, oh, they were angry. They were furious at the NCAA. Oh, these horrible money-loving, this horrible money-loving organization knocked out NC State, which is like, you're calling them money-loving, and then they did something that's actually not a good business move because they didn't get an extra game in. Like, what are you, stupid like, are you stupid, or are you just not thinking? I guess that's making more sense now than the other one. Um, like they were saying, oh, no, the Vandy, they totally paid off the NCAA, as if you can pay off the NCAA. Well, then again, I'm thinking about how, like, most schools in the SEC actually don't get caught for recruiting violations. Um, then again, why would you pay the NCAA when you can just merit, when your athletics direct, your AD's, uh, kid can marry the kid of the president of the NCAA looks at uh, you know you know imagine just doing that it'd be so much easier it's 
It's so much easier. It's so much easier to do it that way. Trust me. As an LSU fan, it's so much easier to do it that way. But anyway. Um. Yeah. So I made a thing on Saturday. Mentioned that, but made a thing on Saturday. It exists. You can go listen to it. You don't have to listen to it. I'm not going to force you to do that. Um. But speaking of things that you don't have to get forced to do, that's what I blamed this on. I blame this on the people who weren't forced to get vaccinated and decided out of their, you know, own free will not to. And that's their choice. But it's their fault not getting vaccinated. But, of course, that was on Saturday. I didn't have all the information. Didn't know what had happened. Sunday rolls around. I get the information because D1 Baseball's got a guy. His name is Kendall Rogers. He came out with a with a whole article. It's a very good article. Um... I would link it, but frankly, I'm just going to summarize basically everything here because you really don't need to read it real quick because the stuff that happens like kind of sort of rapid fire. Uh, so we're going to start on Sunday, June the 20th, and that is the day prior to the first meeting these two teams had, but not the first meeting to go to the... God, this is going to get confusing if I do it this way. Okay, anyway, so that day, they did testing before the game, uh, and there were no positives. They were given the all clear. So, it's Monday, it's June 21st, NC State, Vanderbilt, they play each other. NC State wins the game 1-0, that only run was a solo homer. Um, Vandy just couldn't get it going on offense. But, after the game, they had a press conference, because that's how things work in the NCAA. And their head coach, whose name I still haven't learned how to pronounce, because frankly, it's tough to find that stuff when you're not looking for it. Uh, NC State's head coach, Elliot Avent. I'm going to call him Avent just because that makes more sense. It could be Avent. I don't know. He mentioned that a few people in the traveling party, including a player, by the way, had like a bug. And so he was thankful that they'd won that game because they'd get some rest and hopefully guys could get over it. You know, they didn't know what the bug was. You know, thought it could have been like the little stomach bug. You know, maybe they had the wrong meal. Okay. The chicken wasn't good. The rice was undercooked. I don't know. Rice can do things to you. You never know. Alrighty. This is what happens when you don't know things. Um, and... You know what they didn't know either? The NCAA, at least. They didn't know that the player they were talking about that had a bug, they had a roommate removed on Sunday. Well, the NCAA on Tuesday is like, uh, okay. We're gonna, we're gonna do this thing called test every single person you mentioned. So they figured out, okay, who were you talking about? This, that, and the other guy. Okay, we're gonna, like, test all of these guys to make sure they test negative. So, they did, and everyone tested negative, except for one guy, and his name is The Player. I don't know who The Player is, because we don't have that, because that's been... Like, they're not going to reveal that. That's privacy stuff. Um, yeah. He tested positive. It was an antigen and PCR test, so he was not clear to participate. He was told to isolate, and his roommate was deemed a close contact and told to... Uh, he was deemed a close contact, because he was a close contact, because he was in the same room. That's how things work. He was told to quarantine. Uh, by the way... Like I said, nobody knew the first guy had uh, COVID. By the way, thing that I didn't know on Saturday that we now know, Avon had been vaccinated. I think he was fully vaccinated. This is a problem with this article that I need to mention right now. The word vaccinated is the... We only get to hear the term vaccinated. We don't hear the words fully vaccinated, just vaccinated. We don't know if guys were fully vaccinated or just had one shot and hadn't gotten all their shots. Alrighty, because if they had Pfizer or Moderna, you need two shots. We don't know if they only had one. It'd be right. It'd have been really nice to know that. But you know, why don't we get nice things? So anyway, even yeah, he 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 gotten the uh, vaccine in early March. He tested negative. His assistant tested negative. Yeah. So Tuesday, Thursday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Did forget Wednesday. Um. NC State. They tried to get that first guy's roommate, the guy that tested positive. Uh. They wanted to get him tested. I think the guy who... It's somebody. They wanted to get him tested so he could pitch. Yeah, that request was denied. Then Friday comes around. They finally get that request. That didn't go so well. Uh, Because he tested positive. Oopsie daisy. Uh, By the way, that same morning, there were two other guys. They were symptomatic. And so, per the guidelines, they were tested. What do you think they did? They both tested positive? You're right. You know what else they had in common? They weren't vaccinated. I got a problem there. You guys weren't vaccinated? That's not a good thing. It's a very bad thing. You should have been vaccinated. But let's, let's not get into that yet. 
Um, so, this is a, this is a major situation. Because they find that out 90 minutes prior to game time. And uh, that's not a good thing. Because you need to know that shit earlier. So the NCAA is like, oh boy. So they start consulting with all of their health teams. And they decide to push the game back a little bit. Because they need to know what's going to happen. So they do that. And they come to uh, NC State. And they're like, okay. So here's the thing. We have come to the conclusion that none of your unvaccinated players can play in this game. So you and NC State comes back with, okay, so we have 13 guys then. So the NCAA gives them two options. Either you play that day, Friday, with that limited roster, and then see what happens for Saturday, if there's a Saturday game, by the way, because if they, because NC State wins, by the way, and this should be noted, if NC State won on Friday, which they had a good chance to do, they move on to the College World Series Finals, and things get really insane. It, I'm going to also note this. With a 13-man roster, they lost by two runs. Someone made the joke online that, you know, uh, basically Vandy was still going to find a way to make this a one-run game, and they were almost completely correct on that, because two runs, one run, what's the difference? One run. It is exactly one run. That is how math works. So they were either, either given the option to do that, or play a game on Saturday and forfeit the game Friday. So hope that you have a better team. Hope that you have more guys that can play. Just, you have to hope for that. They chose the first option. Now, they offered the NCAA another option, which was play a doubleheader Saturday. Here was the problem with that. That was not going to be feasible. Because Texas and Mississippi State, like I said, that went to a third game. Or not a third game, a a final game. Let's just say final game. And, uh, yeah, that game was good. That game was played on Saturday. They'd had to play three games in the same day they weren't ready to play three games. They were ready to play two games. That wouldn't have been a problem at all. Oh, wait, it's a huge problem. Um, so, yeah, that was denied immediately. So, what do they do? They go out there. They play with 13 guys again. They had two chances, actually, to win that game. Uh, they had two men on and batter at the plate. Bottom of the seventh, down three to one. Bottom of the ninth, they had two men on, down three to one. Both of those times, Vandy got out of it. They, start, they started a reliever who had eight and two-thirds innings all year in a 7.27 ERA, and he managed to last a good enough time. I think they used three pitchers because they had one available. So then, before that game, what happens? Well, let me tell you what happens. Um, They get every single player that's unvaccinated. They bring them to the Marriott. That's their hotel. Uh, and they test them. They test them because that's what you're supposed to do. They, they come back, they test all negative. That's a good thing. They couldn't go back to the game, though. So, that's a thing. So, the game ends. And then, they decide, for reasons that are obvious, let's test the everyone. Because they're in outbreak status. Because they have four positives. And once you reach outbreak mode, you start testing vaccinated players. The way the protocol worked, and I checked on this, was that you don't test vaccinated players, um... Unless it's absolutely necessary. So they weren't going to test them when they got in. They weren't going to test them daily. No. But if you reached outbreak status, oh yeah, they will test you. They will test you. Or, by the way, they will also test you if you show symptoms. Because they're going to test anybody who shows symptoms. So they test all 13 guys. Tests come back. And what do you know? You got four positives. That's not good. Because you're down to nine guys. You use three pitchers. This isn't enough guys to play a baseball game. So, okay, but what about the vaccinated guys? I mean, the unvaccinated guys, they tested negative. Yeah, well, they still had to isolate. They still have to isolate, by the way. That's still a requirement. That's still a thing that they have to do. I believe unvaccinated players are not, like, told to do this. But vaccinated guys, those guys are out. Unvaccinated guys have to stay. It's really tough to get perfectly into words. So, Saturday, it's June 26th, it's 1 a.m. NCAA informs the team the game that was scheduled for that afternoon is going to be ruled a no contest. Um, at that point, everyone who had tested negative, they all went down to TD Ameritrade, the ballpark, and they take one final picture. Um, then they traveled back that day. Uh, they had a welcome back party at Doak... Uh, Yes, it's Doak Field. 
which is okay i don't know why that oh yeah that's right doke walker is the name of florida state stadium that's why it confuses me a tad bit i don't know if it's the same dude i don't care um because you know that's not what we're talking about here by the way every single member of that traveling party has to isolate for seven days afterward um so they'll be fine tomorrow um, that includes their head coach, who's actually supposed to report to USA Baseball on the 30th. 30th of June, by the way. Um, by the way, the positive members, for those of you wondering, they traveled back the next day on a private flight. So, that's a thing that happened. So, let's talk about the situation now that I've broken it down for you. There were eight positive tests. So, first of all, a lot of people were calling the NCAA hypocrites. And, uh, yeah, I believe the NCAA is... A big hypocritical organization, but we don't have time to go into every single reason why I believe that. So let's just talk about it here. Now, uh, they had huge stadium, 20,000, I think it's 25,000 seat stadium. People were saying it's 40,000 seats, maybe 40,000. I thought it was like 25,000. I've been to this stadium. I think it's 25,000, but I don't remember. It's been a long time. Either way, doesn't matter how many seats there are. There are thousands of them and it was filled to the brim every single seat. Uh, meanwhile, they have this problem. Now, I'm going to counter that point because I thought of a counterpoint as I wrote that point down, which was that local health authorities said it was fine. Local health authorities said it was fine to open up. They got confirmation from the Centers for Disease Control of the United States of America to do that. They've said it was fine. But of course, that's different from the teams who are constantly in contact with each other. They're living in the same places. That's a completely separate thing that we have to talk about. You cannot police fans. It's much easier to make sure that your team is safe because that's who they have to deal with anyway. Like, I hate to say this, but fan activity, they don't have to start messing around and policing with it until it starts affecting players because that ain't their job. They're not overstepping their boundaries when they're enforcing rules upon teams. That's what their entire existence is for. Like... What what did you forget about the NCAA? I know you don't like the NCAA until you do, but fine, whatever. Um, I don't blame the NCAA. I blame NC State. Let's let's get the facts down. So you had thirteen guys available. All of them had to be vaccinated. You had two guys who were positive tests, though we don't know if they were vaccinated or not. So at most, you had fifteen of your twenty-seven player traveling party that was available for that game. By the way, their pitchers were all healthy. They could have started their ace. Okay? Because three days rest, I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. You can go on three days rest. So, shouldn't have been a problem there. That means you have between 12 and 14 unvaccinated players on your roster. That's inexcusable. Alright? For for all of that. By the way, let's not even get into that before I get into this point. So people were saying, oh, they better test Vanderbilt. Oh, they're never going to test Vanderbilt. They tested Vanderbilt Saturday night. They tested them Saturday night. They all came back clear. It was a 100% clear. So let's not even talk about something that y'all didn't... And granted, they didn't know about it because it hadn't technically happened yet. Because that was all reactions to Saturday morning. Saturday evening, they finally get confirmation that, yeah, every single guy's been tested. They're fine. Don't worry about that. Um, So now clear there. They were all likely vaccinated because Vandy's a private school. They can force them. Public schools can't do that. Looks at, well, okay, the University of Michigan's going to try that out. We'll see how that goes. Um, yeah. So, like, no, you guys made the decision. Let, let's get this straight. You guys made the decision not to get vaccinated. That's fine. That's your choice. You can choose not to. Some guys apparently were going to wait until the end of the season to get vaccinated. Well, I think we know now that might not have worked out in your favor because it's the end of the season, and that's kind of sort of your fault. For people who don't like me saying, oh my god, it's their fault. Look, it is their fault. They could have just gotten it. And by the way, there's evidence to show that they had time to do it. Literal time to do it. What do I mean by literal time? Okay, so it gets available in their state. Uh, So they're in North Carolina, and it's first available to everyone like all college students, April 2nd. There were, I don't remember the exact dates. I could refer back to them, but unfortunately they were not as important as me saying this, that there was a chance for them, if I recall correctly, it was Pfizer that was first available to them the day prior to their 
to a midweek game they had at home against Virginia Military Institute. They all could have gotten their first shot. They all had a chance to get their second shot while they were still at home. There were times when they were at home, they could have gotten their first shot and when they could have gotten their second shot. Or if they got Johnson & Johnson, get the first shot. So they could have gotten it before the NCAA tournament and before the ACC tournament. They had ample opportunity to do this. All right? Now, of course, there was also this thing that I read online from one person, which is such bullshit, I think, 99.99% sure it's bullshit, uh, that, oh, these guys had COVID, they had to wait 90 days. I got my vaccine and I was never asked once if I had COVID in the past 90 days. Now, they mentioned that for a reason. NC State had a COVID problem in late March. Yeah, they had to cancel their entire series against Duke because of COVID issues within their program. Wouldn't that make you more likely to go get the damn vaccine so that you prevent yourself from having another one of these situations like, you know, what just happened? Wouldn't you do that? No, I understand that. Again, it's your choice. I, I'm okay with you making a bad choice, all right? But it was an objectively poor decision based on the facts at hand. It was objectively poor in hindsight because you guys got booted from the tournament for having a COVID outbreak that you could have at the very least mitigated the likelihood of by getting a vaccine, okay? Because I'm not saying they wouldn't have had it. I'm not saying they wouldn't have even had like the huge problem. But would you rather have like a very low chance of it or a higher chance of it? Wouldn't you want to do everything in your power to try and make sure none of this happens? Wouldn't you want to do that? I get some people wouldn't, but like I try and push for that as much as possible. I guarantee their coach did. I think their coach did. Their directors of sports medicine did. They told them what kind of competitive advantage they'd have being vaccinated. What kind of a competitive disadvantage it is not to be. And we've seen it now. You know what the competitive disadvantage is? You got a chance of getting kicked out of the tournament. You're the only team that's had this problem. You're the only team that had this problem in the baseball tournament. None of the 64 teams in the softball tournament had this problem. Nobody had to cancel a game. Nobody got ruled a no contest. We didn't have this problem. Y'all did. It's your fault. You could have gotten vaccinated. You had time to get vaccinated. You had time to get fully vaccinated, but you didn't. You made a choice. Um, again, I'm not, you're not going to get forced to do it. Hey, some of y'all wanted to wait until the end of the season. I get it. You wanted to be practicing or this or that or the other thing. But I think it would have behooved you in the moment to go get vaccinated based on the fact that you already had a COVID outbreak that caused you to cancel games. Making good choices is important. And the best choice in this matter is to get the vaccine. And I know the way I'm saying this is poor. It's not going to convince someone to go get it. I understand that. I realistically wish I could speak in a better way. But in this case, I am angry at these people. These are people who should know better, who do know better, who know at least that it was in their best interest to go get it and who had time to go get it and chose not to and have now hurt their team. I feel bad for their teammates. The people who innocently tried. But you guys, you caused this. You let this happen. You made a decision that ended up hurting your team in a very, very poor manner. The NCAA was just enforcing their rules in a consistent basis for the first time in possibly their entire history. It's not the first time this happened in the city of Omaha. This happened to Rice women's volleyball team. They had a COVID outbreak. They got knocked out of the tournament. That was in Omaha. It happened. Alrighty? And I know that was before the vaccine. But here's the thing. That was also before the vaccine. Now there's a vaccine. What the hell is wrong? Getting it would have made this less likely. You wouldn't have been tested. You'd have been less likely to have the symptoms that would have had you tested anyway. You'd have been less likely to catch it. You'd have been less likely to spread it. All of those things are pretty damn good reasons to get that vaccine. So, y'all didn't get it? Y'all put yourselves in this situation? You made your bed, now lie in it. It's not the NCAA's fault for enforcing the rules that you could have made sure they didn't have to enforce. Alright? And by the way, they're reasonable rules. Of just stay safe from deadly disease. They're not unreasonable rules like don't pay players who deserve to get paid. But yeah. So here's a quick little update on a thing. Speaking of 
college sports. Um, remember that whole uh, thing with the women's tennis coaches at LSU? I've mentioned it multiple times in the podcast, so you should go check that out. Uh, well, they just won an award for best uh, coaches in women's tennis for the Southern region. They won it from the Intercollegiate Tennis Association. Really? Really? Yeah. These are the same coaches, of course, who uh, reportedly ignored and downplayed uh, claims that their players were sexually assaulted, ones that were brought to them by both the players and their parents. Uh, They were repeatedly mentioned in the Hush Blackwell report. This is a set of people, these are two people, who uh, reportedly created a toxic culture within the women's tennis program, as reported by the Reveille, the student newspaper in March. I did a... I did a podcast segment on that in March, so you can go check that out. Um, But here's the thing. I will say that the ITA didn't take that into account. All they took into account was the fact that they did get us to number 12 overall. We hosted a regional. We had a uh, solo player uh, go to, like, the fourth round. We went to the Sweet 16. But, like, still, no. Because a good coach doesn't downplay and or completely ignore reports of sexual abuse against their own players. By the way, their contract has now expired. Please don't give them a new one, LSU. And now, finally. Finally, finally, finally. We're going to get to name, image, and likeness. That's right. It's here. It's been here for a day now. Money, 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 money. Oh, yeah. And boy, have the athletes been getting theirs. That's right. Now, I haven't been able to check at everyone's. Um, so, that's a thing. But... Yeah. For the day even arrived, Graham Mertz, he's the Wisconsin's quarterback, he already released his own uh, logo. It's boring and generic and stupid, and I don't like it. I don't love it. I mean, I don't hate it, and I don't love it. I just don't like it. It's meh in a bad meh. Is it it, uh, Mackenzie Milton's bad? No. His is the worst that I've seen. But yeah, let's talk about some other ones. You got twin Fresno State women's basketball players. They're TikTok stars. They're Haley and Hannah Cavender. They signed a deal with Boost Mobile. It's a 12-month deal. It's a big deal. Got QB Miles Brennan. He's at LSU. He signed some... Then uh, He's doing stuff with Smoothie King. He's doing it with Small Sliders. That's a local uh, burger joint. He's doing stuff with Canes. You got Derek Stingley Jr. He's our defensive back. He's got something in the works with walk-ons. What it is, we don't know. I haven't checked Instagram all day, so maybe there's more information there. You got Runza. It's a fast food chain in somewhere not here. They've offered uh, deals to the first 100 athletes in the state of Nebraska who uh, promote their app on social media. Yoke Gaming, that's an app that allows users to play with athletes, and they've partnered with a lot of athletes, so many I can't name them all. Auburn QB Bo Nix. He's got a deal with Milo Sweet Tea. Apparently, it's really good. I'm not a sweet tea guy. You got uh, Dreamfield. They're a platform where businesses can book athletes for meet and greets and other events. They're the most logical, one of the most logical things. Like, hey, this is good. And they've got uh, Miami, University of Miami in Florida uh, QB Derek King and Florida State QB Mackenzie Milton. Uh, King, by the way, Derek King, he signed a $20,000 deal with, and I'm not making this up, College hunks hauling junk and moving. <sighs> They're a junk hauling and moving company. This is a great name. This is going to be amazing. Uh, Iowa basketballer Jordan Bohannon. He was signing autographs yesterday at a fireworks store. Okay. He also launched an apparel line. You got Jackson State defensive end Antoine Owens. He signed a deal with black-owned hair product shop Thro- uh, Three Kings Grooming. Big one for him. Uh, let's see. Milner Technologies. They're a workflow and imaging solutions company based in Georgia. They're sponsoring college athletes in Florida because they got a lot of uh, they got a lot of offices in Florida. Uh, they reached out to four female athletes uh, with an initial commitment of ten grand split amongst the four, so twenty five hundred a pop. They are University of Miami volleyball player Taylor Burrell, Florida gymnast Trinity Thomas, Florida State soccer player Jalen Howell, and UCF hurler hurdler and a competitor in Eugene at the Olympic Trials, Renaya Jones. There was one thing I didn't even remember that NIL does, though. It isn't just endorsement deals. Guys can now do their own thing. Marshall, offensive tackle Will Omer. He's opened his DMs for those who wish to book him to play music because he plays live music. 
I mean, that's a thing. People can now get paid for that. They can get paid to make, like, to write or do art or create content. This brings up a question that I can't get answers to. So there is a former LSU women's golf player. She is now graduated who worked at Tiger TV. I don't know if she could get paid for that. Here's, here's the thing. You get paid for that. That's like a part-time job. But she's on television with her name. It's not on television, but still. She's online with her name, which becomes a problem then. Because can she get paid for that? I don't know. Genuinely, I don't know. And I'd like an answer to that, but I can't get one. Thanks. I seriously don't even know which one it is. Like, I thought I knew who it was, but like, still trying to reach out to people online. If you are listening to this, first of all, I don't know how the hell you found this. Second of all, please find a way to contact me. I always say my Twitter at the end of this, so if you could just listen to that part, just find a way to contact me on Twitter so I can get that question answered, because I would like to know, because, like, it's an intriguing topic. Um, yeah, uh, what's the best one I saw? Oh, there's a Rice defensive lineman whose first act as a player who could use his name, image, and likeness was, of course, to help out his bud get a girlfriend. His bud is a former South Carolina basketball player who just went undrafted in the 2020 draft. So yeah, that's a thing. Now, LSU has a name, image, and likeness policy. Every school has a name, image, and likeness policy now. But LSU's is a little intriguing. Because you see, um, there's something to point out about it. LSU athletes, if given written, so they can ask for permission to use LSU logos and facilities within the brand deals. If LSU says yes to it, they can do it. That's a big deal, because not every school can do that. And by the way, once they get the permission, they can do it. I mean, hell, we had a billboard in Times Square promoting NILSU, promoting athletes like Livy Dunn, who's going to be the first millionaire from this thing, by the way. And when I say that, it's like, that sounds ridiculous. It is ridiculous how much money it's going to be. Like, I mean, just money, 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 money. She's going to be like, seriously, I don't know who's been saying it or at least where the official sources are, but apparently like, well, when you have 5 million followers that you can leverage on TikTok and Instagram, like combined, by the way, yeah, you're in line for a lot of shit. And, and she's 18, by the way, which is just insane until you realize that there are YouTubers who are also like 18 who have made a million dollars or whatever. But still, what's important to mention about this is that the use of LSU in, uh, branding and all, it's not universal. And the fact that we can do it immediately isn't universal. I haven't found any concrete evidence of like other schools policies, um, at least for the branding stuff that says like, oh, yeah, you literally can't use this. I do have Michigan's, though, on when so for michigan in the state of michigan this is part of their na- uh, their state law uh from the 1st to the 15th of july as soon as you come in as soon as you're getting that brand deal you have to report it to your university uh, so this doesn't just apply to michigan it applies to michigan state western michigan central michigan wayne state in michigan i think that yeah wayne state there's a Michi- there's a wayne state in michigan i think I might be wrong in thinking Wisconsin. I might be an idiot there. Either way, other Michigans. Uh, Northern Michigan. That's a D2 school. I know that one. Um, Yeah. So, 1st to the 15th, got to report it as soon as possible. Starting the 16th of July, you're in a bit of a bind. Once you get it, you got to report it to your university seven days prior to it going into effect, which means you cannot capitalize off of viral success. So, what does that mean? Well, how does that hurt? Let me explain. Does anybody remember the cleat eat? That time Marco Wilson threw uh, Cole Taylor's shoe after a third down stop, leading to a first down in what can only be described as the most hilarious moment of last year's college football season? Except for maybe that Rutgers touchdown, which got called back. Okay, the second most incredible moment, because that was the greatest moment. Um, Yeah. Cole Taylor would have gotten like three shoe offers the minute he got onto the plane to go back to LSU. He'd have had three shoe offers by then. You couldn't wait an entire week to get those shoe offers started. You couldn't wait an entire week. Brands wouldn't want to wait a week. They want to get that thing done tomorrow. Seriously, they want to be able to say, this guy who's going to be all over social media, yeah, 
and he's with us by his shoe. And so a bunch of uh, people have come out doing it. Barstool, also known as the organization that really doesn't know what they're doing, has come out and said that they don't know what they're doing when they're sponsoring college athletes and they're just going to do it willy-nilly, which is the greatest business plan I've ever heard of. Speaking of people who have a business plan that is probably not going to work, Master P has a son. And his son is an up-and-coming Tennessee State basketball player. He's apparently signed a $2 million deal with a company that has 37 likes on Facebook. Now, I would say this is the worst thing that anybody related to Master P has done in a business decision capacity, but I'm pretty sure Master P was also Ricky Williams' agent when Ricky Williams signed the worst contract in the history of contracts, when he signed the most team-friendly contract in a situation in which he had more leverage than any NFL player in history. Seriously, this is a guy who... The team that drafted you just mortgaged their entire future. They just spent their entire draft and some more to get you. And you sign a contract that is super team-friendly. Because your agent's an idiot. Okay. I'm just saying. Stupidity. But yeah, the money getting thrown around is pretty decent. Some guys are using it as like a shout-out opportunity. Like, hey, I'll shout you out. Um... One dude for, like, Michigan State, he shouted out a podcast in the most matter-of-fact way. It's like, hey, I'm using this to, like, tell you you should listen to, like, this podcast. Woot woot. Like, it was very funny. Yeah, and matter-of-fact. We're gonna see how this goes. Um, I'm really intrigued to see where the num- when the numbers come in. Because I want to see the numbers. Because I'm the type of person who really wants to see how the business side of this works. I mean, like, PetSmart's reached out to a uh, Arkansas player. Um, trying to think of some other things I've seen recently, but I haven't yet. I think some of them are, like, doing... God, why can't I remember this? Oh, yeah, because I was reading this on Twitter and I didn't add it. Um, I think some players are coming out with more players than just that Iowa State, uh, that Iowa basketball guy are coming out with apparel lines one guy is going to have an NFT. Because apparently those are still a thing. I can't believe those are still a thing. I still can't believe that NFTs haven't died yet. Then again, they're probably going to die within the next month or two. Um, they're either going to die in the next month or two, or I'm an idiot. And they're just going to keep going forever. Because it's a fad. It's a fad, at least in terms of the current value. It's not a fad in terms of the potential value. I mean, NFTs are a cool idea if you use them the correct way. They're not being used in the correct way. But I'm not going to go into the whole of that thing because, frankly, I want to be done with this thing. And so, I have concluded. So, if you want to find me on Twitter, you can find me at capital B-E-N, capital S, capital L, capital A, capital S, P-O-R-T-S. If you want to catch me on line, live, every Thursday night at 9 Eastern, 8 Central. You can find me at twitch.tv slash T-E-P-I-G-L-O-V-E-R-1. That's twitch.tv slash T-E-P-I-G-L-O-V-E-R-1 at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, every Thursday night. So, until next time, I've been Ben Schluter. This has been Gold to Go. Hope you have a fantastic week, and bye-bye.